There we are, just as soon as I messaged him. Okay, here comes the music. Tax the rich, feed the poor, I think we got everything working that time. Do I have my mic on? Mic's on. Everything looks pretty good. We're getting a little signal. We hooked up to the server, the Eurofolk server. Thank you, Paul English. We got the music to play today as opposed to yesterday. Uh, we're, we're, we're going forward judiciously, slowly. It's uh, the Wednesday edition. should be the Tuesday edition, but as you all know, I was gone Monday. And uh, we are on the air live. And it is the Roger Sales Moderated Radio Ranch at the People's Patriot Network, which is now kind of folded into the Eurofolk Network. We're glad to be over there. I see some of the good guys have shown up here this morning. Uh, date stamp today, May 19th, five nineteen twenty one. for whatever that's worth. Hell, the whole thing's so damn ominous. You can't even hardly center on a date anymore with all the false flag stuff. But anyway, it's like every day there's a false flag. Seems like continuous. Uh, you are also live on PPN. I am. Telegram group. Oh, Paul was doing that this morning. I saw that, and I didn't know what that was. And I guess we figured out a way. You'll be happy to hear that, uh, Cody, Don Cody. Yeah, uh, what's that? He figured out how to get it on Telegram? We're on Telegram Live right now on the PPN Awesome. Group. Now, I might suggest that you rename that group uh, People's Patriot something because people search a lot for either conservative or patriot or those kind of groups. Uh, but you, you don't – I, I, I hate to change stuff all, when you're already established. Uh, I don't know. Well, it food for thought. It doesn't matter. Everybody who's already on it will just see the name change. And if you got room, you can still leave PPM. Right. But that would, you know, that would bring more patriots that are searching for those kind of channels. Well, well that's awesome. Good to hear. I will share that right now with some of these groups. So they can yeah. listen. In. So they can tap over into that and uh, listen there. I saw that Paul added the voice chat, and I tapped in on it, and. I guess he was playing Eurofolk Live uh, or something was on there. I didn't recognize who it was, so uh, I didn't uh, pursue it. But uh, I see my buddy Harvey's with us today. I want to talk to him. I almost called you last night, Harvey. And uh, a lot of stuff going on, of course. Um, wow, huh? Uh, the, where, where do you start? Uh, why don't we start with what's going on in Texas? Um, and because we got some Texas guys here and there's a video out there, there's a report that the military's in the Dallas Fort Worth area in some sort of a van, Jeff, going around and, and egg to showing people they can get vaccinated. They're not forcibly vaccinating them, are they? No, they're duping people into volunteering, going along with the peer, peer uh -huh. pressure. Uh -huh. Now there's one, uh, health, health ministerium official from Dallas and then two, uniformed yeah well call them soldiers i guess and so they're going from storefront to storefront in the video i was watching included their little sojourn into the 7-eleven and getting the employee manager or whatever to basically demonstrate how unthinking he is and so he took the shot so, yeah, yeah they're going down to 
captured as many people who were not thinking in the entertainment section with the bars and nightclubs in uh, Dallas. It's called that area is called Deep Ellen. For those who don't know, Deep Ellen, E L L E N. Deep, as in the deep blue sea. Deep Ellum, E double L U M. Oh, E double L U M. Okay, that's an unusual word. Well, uh, Brent sent me, I guess it's on Natural News, Brent sent me a nice little uh, story today. I drug it up. There was some other stuff on there, but this is the one that led, and it should, uh, you know, get your attention, bombshell, Connecticut uh, governor, government, Connecticut government. I thought it said to something, but Connecticut government secretly tells healthcare workers that the COVID vaccines are D-E-A-D-L-Y, deadly in capital letters, but withholds the same information from the public. Uh, I haven't read the article. Brent, did you read it? You want to give us a little background on more than just the headline? Did, did you read it or did you just shoot, shoot it on? No, you're not going to tell us. Okay. Anyway. I shot it on. Okay. Well, that's it's over on naturalnews.com, and that's the headline, and it doesn't, it doesn't surprise any of us. I guess it goes back to what we saw released over the weekend is this is from the – what's the – Moderna is the company that's up there, right? Moderna, and they're the ones that have that – is it SB14, whatever they the designation was for some type of an added an ingredient, a chemical or whatever it is that was advised not to be used on humans or veterinary use either. And that's SM plainly emoji. in the Moderna vaccine that's on the label. Do what, uh, uh, Jeff? Yeah, I think that was SM-102 or some designation like that. Something, yeah, sounds familiar. So anyway, something like that. And uh, I, listen, the the one thing that I, I see plainly is these guys are falling on their face, okay? Does everybody else, everybody else see that too? Oh, the desperation is obvious. Yeah. Uh, and you can imagine what's going on in their command center, can't you? <laughs> I, I mean, how, how do you deal? There was a there was a title of a bit shoot I saw over there this morning on bit shoot said Fauci and Kerry went to the Vatican to talk about the Great Reset with the Pope. Did anybody yeah. see that video or the title of that? I didn't even I didn't watch. I went, holy smokes, man. This guy, Fauci, you know, when you find, what's the old saying? When you find yourself in a hole, what's the first thing you do? Yeah. Right? Quit digging? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's where Fauci is. Isn't he? His problem is he's already dug it. Okay. So, uh, very interesting. Harvey, are you there? I see you on listening. Are you working or something in the background you can't get to the phone? Because I want to ask you something. You want to ask me something? Uh, yeah, I'm right here. Okay. And you're going to have to put up with a little coffee noise. That's all. That's okay. Uh, poor um, boy. Uh, I, I wanted to know what the progress was on your passport application. Well, I don't know. It, I haven't gotten uh, my documents back, uh, the hmm. old passport or the uh or the birth certificate. Oh, you had an old passport that you it was expired that you sent in? Yeah, it was expired well, a I think if it's over ago. 10 years old, they don't have to they don't you don't have to send it in or something, but you sent it in anyway. Did they send it back immediately yet? No. They haven't sent it back. That's uh, unusual. That's real unusual when I've had people that sent in one. Now these weren't old ones. These were well, current ones. 
But when you yep. got a current one that you send in, boy, they send it back to you immediately. They wait, you know, the other has to process. You may want right. to follow up on that and do, and I wish you would, honestly, call, get a hold of the State Department, or uh, you can probably do it on their travel.state.gov site and find out how you track that application online and go in there and find out what they're saying about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm not. The answer. Really? I know. Go ahead. What? Do what, Chris? They always say, we're working on it. It's in process. Well, yeah. I know, but if you go online, they tell you where it is in the process, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, I've called them up a couple of times at Travel State. Many times, in fact. And they always tell you the same thing. Oh, we're working on it right away. Yeah, well, yeah, but you're calling the them. They've got some sort of a system where you can go online and track it, Chris. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Okay. So uh, anyway, I'd I'd like to know, Harvey, and just to know. Yeah, you know? it's well, I think uh, the website is uh, COVID.gov. Uh, we're, <laughs> yeah, right. We're, we're uh, short-handed because of the. Uh, well, they are. They have been that supposedly, but. Oh, hell, who knows? They're probably shorthanded. They hadn't found enough communists to fill all these positions that Biden's trying to fill. COVID is an excuse for everything. That's right. That's what it is. Oh. It's the it's a it's a godsend for the bureaucracies. Uh, they 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 just blame everything on COVID. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I will. I'm, just gotten distracted. I've got other things going on. And right. I just hadn't uh, pursued it. Are you Are you working on? You got any work going on on the side or anything? Just curious because I hadn't heard you know seen you on the show. Uh, I've got some studies going on, uh, okay. pretty hot and heavy. Okay. So have you, Have you made any progress locating that Navy chaplain up there in Greenville? No, okay. uh, I have not. He's. Uh, my uh, brother and sister-in-law just sold one house and bought another. So they're moving again. <laughs> now, they sold her house and, and, and Gordon's both? And Gordon's, yeah. So, so now they've, they've, they've sold hers, and they sold that in uh, something like 12 hours. And then they went up the road to uh, an area they preferred to to live in and uh walked in saw a house made an offer and bought it <laughs> well, you know i think that's good you got two people that have got previous histories and they can get rid of both of those things with all the memories and move on new together i think that's probably a good move actually i don't think she ever lived in that house with her late husband uh, so uh, she likes to move. She's had a lot of houses, but uh, anyhow, they're, they're having right. a great time. They're getting along beautifully. Gordon told me he's just happy as he can possibly be. And I am absolutely delighted. I love... Me too. I love to hear reports that People are happy, especially in marriage. Especially these days. Yeah. yeah. 
so uh, they've got a lot of got a lot of things that you know they're going to have to divest themselves of a lot of possessions. So this will be interesting, but yeah. I, I want to go over the. Uh, it, yeah. I think they live right near where that chaplain is, and uh, I believe I can. I can just go over there and hang out for a few days and then uh, be able to commune with the fellow. But I had a nice experience uh, Sunday. I visited. I just couldn't get all the way down to my own church, you know, which is a hundred mi- almost 100 miles away, and uh, went to a little, uh, little Presbyterian church up in Chattanooga. I've been to it many times before and nice people, nice people, good, good, uh, strict doctrine in the church. And afterwards, uh, I was talking to some of the folks and one fella, real tall guy. And, uh, well, he's real tall from my point of view. I think he's 6'3", maybe could be 6'4". But uh, anyhow, real nice fellow, handsome fellow. I guess he's in his 50s, uh, early 50s, I'd guess. And he, uh, he and I got talking, and I told him about uh, private membership associations, and I told him about 14th Amendment citizenship versus real uh, U.S. nationality and freedom, and his eyes opened. I mean, you know, that physical gesture that, I mean, really happened. He went, I've been looking for information about this. Well, that night he had it in his inbox, so we'll see, but there yeah. are some people, you know, I listened to you some yesterday and, you know, or maybe, I don't know. I was listening no, you were to on yesterday because I was trying to find out about the passport thing that was on my mind and you know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I was listening to a lot of the old programs from last week and so I don't remember whether it was then. But anyhow, when you were... You were talking about how difficult it is to reach certain people. Well, you know, it's just like uh, eternal salvation. Some people are supposed to hear the message and some aren't. And it takes it takes a good bit of courage to go down a trail that 99 point something percent of the population is not going down and so that's who you're looking for you got to find people that have a spine well that's what i've been trying to tell people this whole you know as i've i've learned this myself the hard way like you're experiencing it okay and you you'll know when you'll find those rare people where when you put it in front of them their their eyes either go wide or they or they go to the back of their head okay yeah, yeah. and so, uh 
Uh, It's like going to the beach and almost like networking, you know, Harvey, which you've done a lot of, is you you go to the beach and you get a whole handful of sand, both hands, and you dig out and you let open your fingers a little and the sand runs out and you're trying to find the shells. Okay, that's the same thing we're doing here, and I'm glad to see that you, uh, you found another one, it looks like. Yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, I talked to a friend of a friend yesterday about something else, about I need a little help with uh, some writing. And as the conversation went on, uh, I realized... I was talking to the wrong guy. He uh, he just didn't didn't have any fire in the belly, and the terrible thing was that he didn't understand. I told him, but he needed to know what I knew. I called him because I needed to know. I thought I needed to know what he knew. But it turned out, because of health conditions uh, that he and his wife endured, suffered, uh, he needed to know what I knew, and he didn't have a clue. He didn't, he, he just, I don't know, I think his eyes glazed over or something. Yeah, that happens. But I knew what was wrong with him, and I knew what he could do that would greatly improve his lot. And I could tell I wasn't getting through. I broke off the conversation. He wanted to go to see doctors. And the only thing doctors cure is their own, their own lack of money. I don't know. I'm, I'm cynical about it. I've just seen too much. We get cynical at our age. You know, Harvey, I was yeah. riding to lunch yesterday with uh, my 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 good friend Patrick, the chiropractor, his, his mm-hmm. father owns all this, and he's a good friend, and I you know rent from him and all that stuff. Well, he's got uh, two daughters, and one of them's back in the States in Colorado. The other one's here. She's an attorney and uh, a very sharp young woman, 25, and uh, well, she was going over to have lunch. So I rode over there with her and back. And I, as I just seen um, that clip that showed up on our PPN forum yesterday, a uh, short clip from Steve Bannon's program where he's interviewing Dr. Mercola. I, I, I assume some of you saw that that are in the forum. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Okay, well, it is in there. It's a short little clip of a Bannon show, and Mercola, of course, has been. They've you know censored his websites because he's talking about hydrochloroquine and the in, that other stuff. Um, anyway, he makes a statement in that interview that that uh, one third of pregnant women who've received the vaccine have miscarried. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and, and Bannon kind of pressed his feet to the fire a little bit where'd you get that information he says oh, it's on the web you have to do the research i don't think he came out with the specific sites and i wasn't really super paying attention i just had it on listening to it i thought it was going to you know interesting and so uh i caught that and we were in the car and i mentioned that to her 
And she goes, no, that can't be right. That can't be right. You'd have heard it on every news station, this, that, and the other, and, and all this stuff. And, and then we continued the conversation. I said, well, do you know who Dr. McCall is? No. Uh, and, and so she, I can't believe that you'd say that. I said, I didn't say it. He said it. I'm repeating it, okay? But the reason I'm repeating it is because the source I'm very aware of for 20-something years or more that of my awareness and a whole bunch of his reputation before that, probably the most recognized alternative doctor on the Internet. Is that a fair statement? Yep. Okay. I've been collecting articles from his site since – um, at least 1998. Yeah. Well, okay. So he's been around a long time. You know, the reason when, you know, it's like the old TV commercial. Remember when EF Hutton speaks, people listen. Right. Okay. Well, when this guy speaks, people generally listen, you know, if they know who he That's is, right. his background, his reputation, you can't rebut him. Okay. Well, she's of course young. Not plugged into that, doesn't know who he was, and just doesn't find that acceptable. What comes out later at lunch that she's got a bunch of friends that are pre in early stages of pregnancy that have taken the vaccine. Okay, well, none of them have had a miscarriage yet, but uh, yet on the other hand, it and I, as I said, I didn't listen to the whole Bannon thing, and it may have been that it's just one of the specific vaccines that that people have taken that are causing that. I don't know. But I thought what was interesting was this generation gap between these younger people that are, you know, and I, I keep thinking, I was thinking about it all last night, and I thought, God, I, you know, I thought I knew everything when I was 25 too, you know? I did know it. And uh, so anyway, it's just interesting to me. And uh, yeah. I wanted to bring it up Probably. and – yeah, yeah I, 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 these are the people we need to reach with our information. Okay. Oh, the other thing that she said, I said something about uh, China came up and the fact that this was a biological uh, man, you know, lab-made, man-made disease. And when this first happened, COVID came out a year ago, and I told her, I said, this is made in a lab before we knew any of this stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, it was not, you know. And so that's the kind of mentality I'm fighting with. Jack knows her, so he knows what we're talking about here. But anyway, uh, during the lunch, I said, well, it may have been that it's just one of the vaccines. But I did find out they've got the down here in Ecuador. It's mainly the Chinese variety. But I think they've got Pfizer here. I believe she said they were taking Pfizer vaccines. Do you know, Jack? Do you know any more about that? I see Jack's joined us here. The the Pfizer is mainly being given to politicians and uh, high up Ministry of Truth saludes. And then uh, they're selling them on the black market as well. They don't give them to the average Ecuadorian. My God, anybody that would buy it's anything COVID on the black market's got to be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> all that all that means is you've got more money than cents. <laughs> <laughs> they caught a bunch of fake counterfeit ones going over the border from Mexico. I saw the story. Right, the kind I'd like to take. Go ahead. Unbelievable. So anyway, it that little exchange and the fact that it's been on my mind in this age and generation difference and all that. And, uh, and the other thing I was going to say, I said something about China, you know, in this China and 
uh, uh, and and she said, no, they, it's not a biological warfare thing. <laughs> Holy smokes. And I said, well, you know, I'm, and I was trying to recount a story, and I mentioned the Epic Times. And she goes, oh, that's a tribal source. And I should have stopped and said, what, what in the hell do you mean tribal? You know, it's probably the most objective, straight news source in the world. Epic Times is what I've kind of come to conclude, in all honesty. And, uh, I, and I watch so. China in focus virtually every night and have for over a year, about 14, 15 months now, and find them to be just incredibly straightforward and, and on, on China with actualities that, you know, I talk about it, I promote it here on the show often, uh, with actually when you got the Chinese that are the victims of these situations over there calling in on a cell phone, of course it could be a fake call, but I don't think it is. And all of the way that they do their reporting. And I'm just going, wow, these people, these young people are really, you know, and I mean, I know it's not blanket and everybody's in different situations. And this is an American girl who was born in Ecuador and you know, all that stuff never really tapped into the U S history and everything else because she's born and raised here okay uh so anyway it's just an interesting situation and i found that conversation to be titillated to say the least um so let's see what else i want to mention a couple of things i watched one last night that is pretty damn concerning and then i see that it's buttressed in the southern hemisphere this morning uh which is concerning okay and there is over on bit shoot somewhere and with the amount of videos that go through there, it's probably down on the page now. About a three or four minute video on a guy on what's going on in Klamath Falls, Northern California, Southern Oregon. Harvey, this got a lot to do with us because of uh, Cerule. Okay. It has mm -hmm. to do with Klamath Lake. Man, they have got some huge problems out there. Do any of you know about this? Never heard a word. Okay, the Klamath Falls Basin, they've got a bunch of old Indian treaties there, too, where the, the downstream as it goes to the Pacific is a lot of wetlands. There's a lot of salmon breeding. There's a lot of uh, waterfowl breeding in the, the, the kind of swamp stuff, you know, areas. They, for the first time in 114 years, they're not releasing any water out of Klamath this year. And there's only one person or one entity that's getting the release, and they are getting a greatly diminished release. They have got a super drought going on out there, okay? And it's real. It looked real serious from what this guy. When you get a situation where they're not doing something for the first time in 114 years. Yeah, that's, that's, that's epic. Okay. Are now, they doing that in Conjunction with the drought on purpose? Uh, well, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know any more than just the surface here. But this is what I was going to say about what I saw this morning. It's over on Zero Hedge. La Nina turbocharges drought in Brazil, putting the world's coffee, sugar, and oranges at risk. So now you got it going on in the Southern Hemisphere, too. And I'm going to tell you, they don't do all that crap in the Southern Hemisphere they're doing up there to you guys. They don't do all the chemtrails. They don't do all that junk, okay? Even though I've heard people around here say there's chemtrails in Ecuador, they don't do chemtrails here, okay? And they don't do it down in the Southern Hemisphere either, all right? 
but they do do it up there with you guys. I don't know if you realize. Do you know that 90% of the world's population is in the Northern Hemisphere? Yeah. Um, so if you were going to plan enough. to take out 80% or 85% of the population, where would you concentrate? Well, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I love those rhetorical. Hemisphere. I like those rhetorical questions, Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me uh, let me do something I want to do just out of the goodness of my heart of helping nice people. Uh, Jack, um, you know Jack Abercrombie and I have known right. each other for many years, almost thirty years. Okay. And uh, Jack used to come to our Citizens for Constitutional Georgia. You were there. Harvey Brent was there. I don't know if anybody else from that shows up around here occasionally. Anyway, those folks were around in those years. And uh, Jack was always there. And when I was early on in this information and didn't really know much but the tax side, and I would go every Wednesday night and give a presentation of this material on what I knew. And sometimes we'd do it with the group, and sometimes I'd do it at another spot over there at the Coger Center, which I know you affectionately remember, Harvey. Um, oh, do I? Right there by Spaghetti Junction, you know, real close to the IRS over there. <laughs> That's right. Thank That's God right. for Sandra an old road. You know, there was an old retired Marine, uh, 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 Army bird colonel that after he retired, he got into the insurance business. And he knew the insurance guy that brought John and Glenn to town. That's how we met him. And eventually, because he was in one of those buildings, his office, and they had a conference room that was free that anybody that had a building, uh, an office could use. And he'd let us use that conference room to give this presentation. And that's where we gave it most of the time, that long shotgun room, you know. And that yeah. old bird colonel, and he was a, hell, he was a spry old dog. You know, he'd out exercising all the time in great shape. He'd playing squash and racquetball and all that stuff all the time. Really great guy. And uh, so that's where we'd meet. Well, Jack would always show up at the meetings. I, I don't know that you came to the Coger Center because you're in Douglasville, and that's way across the other side of town. But Jack was yeah. always at the ones we held at the Castle Gate. And I always joked with him because he never did anything but stand up in the back. He'd never sit down. And all the ones he attended. And Jack, of course, says he had to be ready to get out of there quick in case something happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Jack, uh, Jack and I have known each other, admired each other, and liked each other for many years. Uh, he's also very close with Michelle, who Harvey knows, is another one of our buddies. Boy, she's a bulldog female, Michelle is. Okay, Used to be more so. Anyway, um, so Jack and I, I leave Atlanta. We, didn't, we weren't that close. We were talking and everything all the time. But uh, we lost track of each other for many years. Well, Jack, I should get you on the show one day to talk about your story over there, Jack, and tell him your story of e Egypt and all that stuff. Uh, but today we won't get into that. Anyway, Jack goes and has his uh, overseas experience and comes back to the U.S. and <laughs> confronts the Nazis and uh, ends up down here in Ecuador. Well, I was in Argentina. We left. It ends up we left the States almost at the same time. We were talking about this a little yesterday. Um, I left the States on June the 2nd, excuse me, July the 2nd of 2008. 
And uh, I think Jack left just about a month later. And he ended up here in Quito. And I ended up, of course, in Argentina. And then we didn't have any contact with each other. I didn't know he was down here. And um, I was fortunate enough to meet along the way Adrian Salbucci in Buenos Aires. Uh, some of you will be familiar with that name. We had not seen too much of Adrian lately. But uh, anyway, he had a pretty na a worldwide debut and a lot of attention. He's a sharp guy. And uh, he had a radio program. What, what was happening was we were going uh, over to Uruguay a lot. And just when Adrian Salbucci broke on rents, uh, you know, in the early days when you first start getting notoriety, you're not inundated with emails and contact stuff to the point where you can't answer it all. Okay. And I caught him early, and we were going to Uruguay, me and a guy that was there, and uh, to do some well, some financial stuff over there. And I said, I'm going to be through Buenos Aires, and I'd love to spend a, a little time with you. I've got some information I think you'll find most interesting. And so got to stop and meet with Adrian. I presented our stuff as well as I could at that time. I know he didn't understand it. But regardless, we had that relationship. Well, um, when he was offered a radio program, he asked me to be the first guest on his radio program. And I did, and Jack was listening. Jack heard me, sent me an email. That's how we reconnected, okay? And I'd been going to Buenos Aires uh, at Christmas every year for a couple of years at that point. And what I found was when you're down there, most of the Americans that I'd hang out with, they were all back in the States for Christmas, you know? And so it was kind of lonely, and you didn't have your regular uh, uh, contingent around. And so I'd done that for a couple of years. And uh, I called Jack. And I said, well, I think I'll come up there and visit you this Christmas, which I did. And that's the reason I'm in Ecuador. Anyway, uh, on that Christmas, Jack was kind enough to let me spend, uh, put up with me for a month in his house. And uh, so during that time, being Christmas and the holidays, uh, I got to meet uh, his wife, now wife's family. Okay. And they're very, very nice people. Uh, uh, there's a reason I've told you all this background here. So, uh, yeah, the other day, uh, they've just been very kind to me, you know, and uh, very, very sweet, as many Ecuadorians are. And uh, they, I, Jack was telling me their situation and something about it. And I said, well, man, if there's anything I could do to help them, I sure would like to because I sure do like them. Okay. And uh, so then he told me what was going on. I said, well, why don't you come on the show and tell people about this? And I don't know if it'll resonate with any of you, but it would help this little couple who's elderly. And, uh, and I'd like to present this and, and see if I could help them. So, Jack, why don't you come on and, and give us a little more background that I hadn't covered, if you would. All right. Uh, thank you, Roger. Uh, Father-in-law is uh, a noted Ecuadorian artist. Uh, he worked at something called the Casa de la Cultura, which is at Quito Art Museum. <clears throat> they closed it mid-March 2020, and it's still closed today, uh, 14 months later. Uh, that was his job. That was his livelihood. He is now 76 years old, and he's upstairs doing a Zoom art class in Spanish, uh, $20 a pop per month. Uh, so he's struggling. Uh, Mother-in-law is 66. And, uh, 
the underemployment and the unemployment here is rampant after 14 years of COVID. Uh, just uh, anyway, what I've what I've come up with is I've got a dedicated mule airplane carrier once a month going to Miami, Quito to Miami. And uh, I can uh, roll his artwork up into a tube and she'll drop it off at the U.S. post office in Miami and then drop ship it from there to Washington State, New York, Midwest, any, wherever you're at, uh, we can get it to you. And uh, one in particular deal we're working on right now is if you've got a photograph of a, a, a dear loved one that's passed on or, you know, grandma, grandpa or uh, old yeller, Lassie or uh, a horse or whatever, a homestead, an old home. He just did an old homestead before Lake Lanier was flooded, uh, reservoir created. He, he just did one of those and uh, it turned out fantastic. Uh, anyway, that's $200 to your door, everything included. Uh, it'll be a, a oil on canvas. 12 inches tall by 16 inches wide. If you want something bigger than that, we can price it out from there if you want something larger. Um, that's everything included. He'll sign it, and we could uh, we could even do a letter of authenticity on the backside. We've got an apartment we're renting since he had to move out of the art museum where he exhibited all the time, uh, over 20 years long history there. Uh, with about 2,000 pieces uh, in storage. And uh, I've got a good many of those photos on hand if you'd like to look at some of that. Uh, and that's, that's about it. Uh, is, there, is there any place they can go to see a sample of his work, Jack? Is there any place it may not be where it's posted on the web where somebody could get an idea? There he is. Uh, and it's on Facebook, uh, created a Facebook page for it. And, uh, I'll put a link in the description right now, uh, in the show. Why don't you send uh, it you also send it? send it to me if you would. And I will post it at, at the bottom of today's show description on Castbox. All right. And, uh, his, his name, Oscar Gallo Duque. If, if you Google that and put, Ecuadorian Ecuador artist behind it, it'll bring up several pages of, of his work and his history. Um, I probably need to work on a wiki page for him. Um, he, he's struggling with uh, esophageal cancer. He's on the back side of that, just like I'm on the back side of the throat cancer. And, uh, you know, they give us both the maintain and manage routine. And as long as he takes his meds and eats proper diet, he's, he's okay, you know, at 76. And they're just, I can't emphasize how sweet of people they are, in all honesty. And uh, so that's why I wanted to give uh, Jack the chance to come on here and mention that to any of you. If you're in the position, if you got a, you know, a long-lost dog that you miss or, like you said, a horse or, or any of that stuff, uh, and you've got the money and would like to uh, have a, a, a damn well-known artist from this part of the world have do something for you, it's a good chance to do that. And I I'd, I'd just am tickled to death to be able to even put this out there, even if nobody wants to do it, Jack, honestly. Uh, 
because you just, you know, you want to help some of these people. And this is not much, but I can do a little bit here. And that's why I wanted to get you on. Well, I really appreciate it. And uh, the Duque uh, family does also, uh, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, hey, uh, another Ecuador uh, topic is uh, our our buddy Dan, the the realty developer down in Bahia on the coast. Yeah, I mentioned it to you a little bit yesterday. Uh, he's got five more years on his passport, and he's going back next month. And I, I was pretty sure, and I, I mentioned it Monday to the to the gang when you were away, um, that it's okay to do the affidavit with the forty dollar uh, card ID card. Yep, passport card. You, you know, all you're looking for with doing this, and I got to admit, and see, and you, you, I think you can hold me a little bit innocent on this, because I never had a passport till I went to Argentina. I got one. Uh, you know, it, it never, you never gotten a card, and that's my only familiarity with it. I did not know that you could do a passport application and just get a card, okay, and cut your bill by a hundred bucks. I think approximately, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. and so that the, uh, what your main thing is, is that you're getting the affidavit in and you're getting some kind of government issued ID in this, the highest recognized one in our country with this example, and you got it attached to that paperwork. Now that's the, if he travels, if he doesn't get the passport book, okay, then he's going to travel on his old passport and his old passports, the old legal person. Okay. But that doesn't make any difference. Once he gets to the States, he can use his card. Okay. But that's, uh, uh, that is a differentiation and that's what I'd advise him to do. And the next time he, uh, uh, and I'd say it's funny. You could maybe ask them if you've already got a passport card in five years when his other passport book runs out. You know, you can, if you've got a passport book, you can pay extra and get the card at any time. Right. He's, uh, and he's bought the extra pages for this current five-year-old passport. Okay, well, that, that's not where I'm going. I think, though, if you just order the card, that later on the reciprocal uh, should work, you should be able to pay the extra and get the passport book. You see where I'm going with this? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, Dan, Dan may be listening in. Do you see him on the board? D I something? I don't. But uh, anyway, I'm pretty sure you should be able to do that. If you just pay for the card later on, you need the book, boom, you can just pay the extra 100 and they'll send you the book, I'll bet you. But you might want to have him ask. Okay. All right. But right. uh, because it's still that standing and you've got part of the formula, the card that identifies with it, and I'll bet you they would just tack on the book at that point. So anyway, these are the things that I've just never had an occasion to explore. And quite frankly, until we started meeting some of you guys in these different situations, they'd never even come up. I'd never even thought about some of these contingencies. Okay. So, yeah. uh, and I also want to thank here. Uh, did you have anything else to add on the, on, on, on the painting thing or anything about that, Jack? No, just that, um, uh, what, what sparked you to recommend this on the radio ranch was that each Tuesday, uh, as we all <laughs> them at lunch, I, I carry all 10 or 15 pieces of artwork with me and put them on display around the uh, container court restaurant 
and uh, you know, they got a little jazz music playing, and it's a pretty cool ambiance to promote Paul and Law's artwork, you know, in person as well. Say, uh, Jack. <clears throat> yes, sir. Is there any possibility you could either put in the chat room here on this call the photos, or possibly on uh, our communications platform, tel uh, Telegram? I bet uh, you he could actually see him. I'm sure he could probably put some on Telegram. I don't know if we can post photos here on Jitsi, honestly. I just put a link in the Jitsi chat room. To the Facebook deal? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll do it on Telegram also. Okay. Thanks. Hey, Jack. Yes, sir. Hey, this is Harvey. Um, uh, later on, how about giving me a call on Telegram, would you? Sure, I will. All right. Do that. Uh, and uh, I think this is a good idea. I think you're doing a good good thing here. Well, I can't tell you honestly, Harvey, how sweet these people are and how much you'd like them, okay? And the yeah. mom, for her age, is stunningly attractive and just sharp as a tack and just very nice people. I can't emphasize it enough. And when this came up the other day and I thought, well, hell, Jack, I want you to come on the show and promote this. Nobody may take advantage of it, but at least I, we attempted to do something for him. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, Jack. Good. Go ahead. Hey, Jack, I uh, sent a private message to you. Through Telegram? Uh, no, uh, on Jitsi. All right. All right. I'll look for that right now. Yeah, you can screenshot it. Now, that big Brent from Las Vegas. Yep. Yep. All right. Thank you, Brent. Um, also, I wanted to go over yesterday. Something else happened. And uh, at lunch, uh, when Patrick came, he brought me a little gift from Viva La Revolution. Okay. With our good friend, Don Cody. And uh, so at lunch, they come up and they bring me these three bottles in a uh, – in a plastic baggie and uh mr mr cody was nice enough to send me down some samples of their products and uh the i guess re part of the reason he did that is because they've started this whole business off of hearing me and talk about thieves oil here on the show not knowing what it was going back and doing some research and they've started a whole business with thieves oil so cody i wanted to thank you publicly for sending those down to me the the smell is just enchanting i just used one i think i used <laughs> one little squirt of the massage oil last night on my hands you know yeah. And uh, very, very cinnamon-y cinnamon and very, very nice. And all three of them. Uh, and I, I guess you've got one for something about hair. Yeah, yeah. I can. There's a hair restore. I couldn't remember if you're losing your hair or not, Roger. But uh, Well, I can always use a little more hair. Okay. <laughs> product we've got. It's got, uh, you know, main component is uh, rosemary oil. And all the studies show that rosemary oil helps regrow hair. And, huh. uh and then it's got a couple other oils in it. So, yeah, it, uh, I appreciate it. And it's SusannasSecret.com with S's, no Z's. S-U-S-A-N-A-S-Secret.com if anybody would like to check out our product line. It's going okay. You know, honestly, if it wasn't for the uh, the Latin stores, it 
wouldn't be a very good business, but we've got we, some we, good Latin store clientele. You know, you've been doing this about a year or so, maybe a little over. I told if you're doing all right after a year in a new business in this field, you're doing real good already. Okay. Yeah. I mean, quite yeah, frankly, we have to work at it though. You know, make yeah, sales well, of course. Calls and all. We're well, not just, you know, I'm pretty sure you got to work at anything that you yeah. want to be successful yeah. at. Yeah, that's what I've well, learned some at people, this stage. Yeah, some people are able to do this internet stuff and really market the heck out of it. But every time I've spent money on advertising, it doesn't seem like it pays. So, yeah, um, and, you know, the wholesale business is going pretty good. So that's that's great. I was well, going to mention that. I wanted to, let me tell this story because I told it after we were off the air yesterday, and it's such an un- unbelievably coincidental situation. We were laughing about it again yesterday <laughs> at lunch. Okay, so. Cody sends a package with this stuff for me included and also to Patrick, the chiropractor, because he sells stuff in his chiropractic clinic. And he, she said, I don't know if you might want to use this massage stuff for the got a guy that does massages and all that stuff. So Cody sends him down a package. It took a damn long time for it to get here. He just got it Monday. Okay. Yeah, or, they were. I guess I didn't include the proper uh, invoice or something, so you, UPS had to hold it up until I sent well, them. Well, whatever we got it, we got it. What do they call that? Atawana? Isn't that it, Jack? Atawana? It got held up at Atawana. Yeah. That's customs for you, gringos. And Atawanas. Uh, Atawanas. Atawana, which is some place you just don't really want to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pain in the rear end. Anyway, so they get the package, and. A, a woman comes up to Patrick's house, which he's got a three-story building in his practice in the first floor, and he lives on the top floor. And so his wife's there, who's heard something, just hearing about there's a, a package of essential oils that are coming, okay? And so she registers that. Well, a girl comes to the door of his clinic, and she says, well, I'm here to get my essential oils. Well, Patrick's wife's name is Ivy. And she goes, oh, yeah, essential oils, sure. So it's a, I think it was a day off for him. And so uh, they, he only has the clinic open three days a week. And so she ends up up at his apartment on the third floor and opening the package that, that Cody sent. And she goes, well, this isn't what I ordered. <laughs> And Patrick says, well, I don't know. This is what was sent. And so then the girl that she was supposed to meet was three houses away, and she was going to meet her. to She'd purchase some essential oils. And they have no idea of this between any of them. And so the girl that she's supposed to be buying this stuff from that's got it is calling her on the phone going, where are you? And she goes, well, I'm right here, and this isn't what I ordered. (laughs) And here the whole thing was a three-house mistake on essential oils that one person had ordered, and this comes into the first house, and they got a package of essential oils. It's just one of those things that the chances of that happening are like one in how many trillion? Okay. So anyway, we just all thought it was really funny and super coincidental, and I wanted to mention it. So uh, I, I we got a big kick out of it. So anyway, just life and its little coincidental turns, you know. Yeah. I was going to ask Jack on. I've, I've been telling my wife trying to figure out something to do with Ecuador because they've got so many underemployed, you know, engineers and all, and it just seems like they need to set up some kind of a free trade zone or something. There's no reason that. China should be getting all the damn business on all this international trade. But uh, I don't know. Any ideas, Jack, on what they can do to 
try to build the just there's so much corruption is never going to happen you think all the wealthy families want to keep it to themselves or you think there's some now, opportunities all the wealthy families want to keep it to themselves i can tell you the answer well juan l hurry i guess died last week so yeah we yeah that's the, one one millionaire the world has lost juan and lurie E-L-U-R-I. Lasso Lasso is uh, working with a Pacific Alliance uh, of of the Pacific coastline uh, countries of Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Chile. Uh, He's got... Got that. He's got a lot of good ideas, but it's, it has so many similarities to Trump coming into power in 2016 and then just finding, uh, you know, opposition everywhere you turn. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but you, you, know, kind of you know what that is. And here it's the same thing. Of course, this is a law of the city country. Okay. They don't ever have no common law here in Ecuador. But the problem that you're facing is a bureaucracy. All these countries are run by bureaucracies, and that's where the power is because they're the ones that are running the bureaucracies. And just like Trump trying to clean out the administrative state, you're going to drain the swamp 455-plus agencies that have all been entrenched and installed with their key people in all the key positions. You're going to drain that? That being said, though, there has been more people going to jail, I guess, um you know, down there. I think, Suzanne, didn't you say that Caesar Gary, he's an oil guy, he went to jail or something? Prosecuted. There's a few people have gone to jail, I forget. The vice you know. president, Jorge Glass. Yeah. Eight years. Correa's, wasn't he Correa's former VP or something, Jack? That's right. And he was Moreno's VP for the first six months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, so gonna, about a dozen petroleum. petroleum uh, authority guys, uh, a dozen in the Albright Brazilian contractor fiasco of bid rigging. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, I forgot about that. There's nearly about 30 either in prison or in exile. And so you, can, you can argue they're getting more justice down there than we're getting in the United States. Well, th- they couldn't have done all that with Lasso being from the conservative right. But by taking one of their own guys, this Moreno, uh, a number 35 Alliance Pais Correa, mm-hmm. man, they did a lot with him. And uh, it's, it's amazing what they got done in the last four or five years as far as the old roundup. Yeah. Well, for those that don't ever- know, we got to, and I think we're all kind of on sitting on a wait and see posture, is we've got a change from 15 years of communist and socialist uh, leadership over to quote-unquote conservative leadership with this new guy Lasso. And all of us are sitting here going, well, he gets sworn in, what, next next Monday? Monday the 24th. Yeah. So we're going to see, you know. Uh, he's associated, by the way, with uh, one of the banks here, Bank of Gaia Quill, which is the name of the big port city down on the coast. And uh, evidently, even Jim Willie has uh, was where I got this information. Bank of Guy Quill was bought by the Bushes uh, with uh, uh, laundered drug money, or laundering drug money, however you want to say it. Uh, you mentioned this um, Pacific Alliance, Jack. Um, does it, has anybody heard what's going on in Chile? Nope. There's Nobody. Of, uh, New constitution. 
They they voted in like the Joe Biden bunch. They voted in the communists. And immediately, the country's biggest lithium mine, lithium's a pretty big deal these days, you know, uh, the, yep. the country's biggest lithium mine almost went down, went down the first day. Uh, you've got another situation where copper is almost doubled in price in the last year or so and is going to become a, it's one of these, like silver, it's an industrial metal. Uh, and uh, Chile's probably the world's largest producer of copper. It is a Rockefeller country, by the way. And Chile's very nice. I, I didn't get to spend any time over there per se, but I was over there a couple of times, and I met a number of Americans who uh, were visiting Argentina for one reason or another, some church people for one thing, Harvey. And um, uh, all the Americans that live in Chile really like it, or they have up to this point anyway. So anyway, that's going on down south of us. Um, who knows what the repercussions are going to be? You got all kinds of problems north of us in Colombia. They're having a lot of riots in Colombia. Uh, obviously, you know what's going on to the northwest of us or northeast over in Venezuela. Um, yeah. Peru is kind of stable, aren't they? At this point. Yeah, Peru and Ecuador are probably the two most stable out of all four of those countries in that alliance. But anyway, that's some of the things that are happening around here. Upheavals in Chile politically, droughts in uh, Brazil. Um, and uh, this don't forget, this is the start of their winter. So for whatever any of that's worth, um, do anybody have anything they wanted to comment on or bring up? Well, I'll tell you, the, I remember when I was a kid, <clears throat> they had these historically based comic books. And I can't remember the name of them, but one of the stories was about <clears throat> Ludwig II, uh, Mad King of Bavaria. I saw a, a thing on him last night. His castle. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I was he, watching, you know, I'm just wanting to get away from this stuff. I don't want to sit there and watch any more right. about vaccines and killing people. I don't, I just get tired of it. I know it's happening. I know what the Illuminati is. I know where they came from. I don't need to see another video on it. Okay. That's and the way so, I am. I, well, that's exactly where I am lately. And so I'm watching Rick Steves last night. I mentioned him last week. Anybody familiar with Rick Steves? Nope. He's a guy that used to be on PBS years ago with. He's a travel guy of Europe. He's got travel books, and he had a 30-minute weekly special. And he does really good, very, very familiar with Europe. And he was over there in southern Germany with that King Ludwig, just like you were talking about. And yeah, uh, Bavaria. And, and uh, he had some castles, and they finally went, when they killed him, or he went off and he, he's dead. They don't know whether he killed him or he died, all right? But uh, they said immediately the castles were tourist uh, attractions from the minute he yeah. died still to today. And he had a yeah. couple of real extravagant castles that he built. <laughs> I can't well, believe you brought that up today, and I saw yeah, it last night. The, the one that's most famous is Neuschwanstein. And you see aerial photographs of that and the lake in the background uh, whenever you're looking at a travel yes. uh, brochure. Right. Uh, is that, is that the one it, that's on this hill? It's on a hill in yeah, a valley? Yeah, it's just stunning. Yeah, exactly. Stunning. And, and the castle, it is. But the castle was built ages after the need for castles had 
had existed. You know, it, it long since passed out of fashion, but he wanted a castle. And there was, I, I just remember this comic book talking about how uh, these laborers were pulling these massive blocks of stone up the mountainside and they just couldn't do it. And he ordered that every 10th man be shot. And so that, you know, that's, that's the actual definition of the word decimate is to kill every 10th man. Right. That's biblical. And yeah. So, uh, so then they discovered that uh, the remaining nine were able to pull the block of stone up the hill. Uh, given the alternative, they found new strength. A little energy. I was just thinking, yeah, I've thought many times that <clears throat> that's what needs to be done over there in Septic City, D.C. Septic uh, City. <laughs> just pull every tenth person out. And execute them so that the remainder know what the consequences are for corruption. And you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I think in D.C., I think in the septic city, you better do eight, nine, and ten. (laughs) Well, you know, there'll be some left. You can start over. You can do it again. Okay. you have, you get a, uh, what do they call a mulligan? I got a mulligan. A mulligan. That's what a, <laughs> Harvey, what a, what about the governors that do deserve death for denying people hydrochloroquine and ivermectin? Those Gre- the, Governor the Whitmer would be your prime yeah. one of your primary ones. Well, and it was Nevada, Washington. I think there was three or four. Does everybody know the whole list? It's no, but but uh, I, look if. If I'm sitting on the bench when they come to trial, they're toast. Oh, I can tell oh, you. Oh, really? Wanna, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You know okay. the um, the guy from Massachusetts that's the guy with four or five MIT degrees, the Indian guy that came from the caste. System? Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. ran for Congress, ran yes. for the Senate. Yes, yeah. great guy. He is very sharp, and they've got the judge on his side in that case. And what they've got is the state of Massachusetts contacting Twitter on a secret account they've got for accounts like this Massachusetts and pulling all the results, and the judge is going to go after them in the trial. Praise God. Maybe he's related to me. Okay, so there. Listen, this election stuff's breaking all over the place. All these other states are bellying up to the bar. There's a bunch of news breaking out of Arizona. I haven't kept up with it. I see the headlines. Uh, These people are are very concerned, and there very well may be a shot. We may see Biden and that whole thing removed in the next couple of months. It's getting real serious, from what I can tell. Yeah, I went to a meeting Monday night, and it was a report about what has happened, what's happening in Georgia in trying to get the recount. And do you know who's uh, making a big public announcement on calling for that today? Don't you No. Vernon Jones? Uh, I saw it showed up on our, uh, on our forum last night. Well, Vernon, it seems has a, 
uh, sort of a dark side in his background. Oh, do, don't and, we all at some point, really? Has yeah, anybody come it, to it, this the arena lily white clean? No, that's, that's the problem. That's why you see so many women running. They don't have scandals uh, associated with But uh, that's why I should. That's why you see so many men who who will not run for office. <laughs> They're afraid all the bimbos are going to come out right. in front of the cameras. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. Anyhow, uh, but there, there's a lot of stuff building, and and even you you can imagine the the chaos in their uh, command center. Okay. Oh yeah, they just they're they're trying to put out a forest fire, stomping out barefooted, and yeah. that's that doesn't work real well. And, and all these anyhow, things they're being exposed are starting to feed on all the others. And then what happens is the people that were scared to come out and say something before it gets a momentum point, and they step forward, and then that just adds to the momentum. All that stuff seems to be happening right now to me. Yeah, well, to use the the uh, well-established phrase that's called hitting the tipping point, isn't it? Yeah, you could call it that. Yeah, uh, Malcolm Gladri- Gladridge uh, made that phrase famous because he wrote a book called The Tipping Point. And uh, once you pass that tipping point, everything collapses there's no stopping it none yep and so that's what we've got to do is get to the tipping point and don't forget and, what a tipping point is it's that thing where whatever happens life after it is never the same like covid yeah. like 911 yeah. like trump's election it's all it's all true uh but anyhow they were they were presenting the evidence for fraud in Georgia, uh, in the Georgia elections. Yes. And it's enormous. And it's yeah. a, there are two guys and one of them, uh, has a long history of what he calls progressive, uh, activism. Uh, he was, he was a left winger most of his life. He was a big it guy with the, big bank, uh, a big bank in Atlanta called trust company of Georgia, which is, which is now called sun trust. It merged with the sun bank down in Florida about 20 or so years ago. Anyhow, he's, uh, he is a genuine authority on computer security. And, uh, so he's going after them and, um, uh, he's got law, they got lawsuits going and it looks like they're starting to get a little bit of traction. So, uh, if any of these states can prove election fraud, public opinion is going to be such that they're not going to be able to keep the other states from conducting a genuine forensic audit. Did, did you any of you see uh, the information yesterday that Vladimir Putin, with one of the internal Russian big TV programs, 
came out and said the New World Order, the globalist elites are none. Did any of you see that? No. Yeah. It was on our forum, you know, again. Uh, yeah, evidently Putin in one of the Russian shows, they didn't have a translation of it or anything, just had a kind of a snip photo and then the, the message above it. Evidently Putin's coming out and said, They're, the global elite are done. The, the awareness worldwide is too much. They can't control it. Oh, I hope and pray he's right. And the but he is right. Is. Look what's happening. Yeah. They're coming unraveled at everything. Here's a, a brand new headline on Zero Hedge. Fauci admits that Rand Paul was right that mask wearing after a vaccine was just theater. He's gotten caught red-handed writing the, uh, the, the, there was an exception in the rule of the law on no gain of function stuff. And there was one exception in the footnote and he's the one that took the exception loophole and sent it to Wuhan and funded them. That's out publicly. Bill Gates and all of his Epstein stuff is out publicly. Don't forget, Ghislaine Maxwell's trial is in July, and evidently the defense of the prosecution is going to Bill Gates and soliciting information for the trial on Ghislaine Maxwell. Okay? So, oh, yeah, this is long. This ain't over by any stretch. Okay. But you got all this stuff the information on COVID, the ties back to China, the information on Gates, the things of the vaccine, the people dying, poison in them. All this stuff's coming out. They got to be going berserko. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the internet allows them to eavesdrop on pretty much everybody, but the internet also allows us to watch them. Do you remember and, Harv when, when Newt the Toot was in office, you know, I lived about yeah. a couple of miles from his office out there. I was in yeah, his district yeah. and I remember Gingrich when the internet first started coming on, he got swept into the house leadership and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he said, he wrote the forward to, uh, was it the Tofflers? Some of his buddies, the Tofflers, oh, uh, yeah. wrote the fourth turning, was that the name of it? I don't remember, but they were those futurists. Right. Fourth uh, turning, I think, was the name of the book, and Gingrich wrote the foreword to it. Okay. And you know what he said? Yeah. He said, Yeah, don't they these people better remember the internet works both ways. Oh, really? Okay. It bypasses their filters that they've always had to maintain control. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what's killed them. Eustace Mullins famous statement. God was merciful on us. He gave us the internet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's in so many ways, it's proven to be true. Now, here's the problem. That maggot by the name of, of uh, Obama turned over control of the internet to this international body. They have the ability to shut that thing down, uh, and we don't have a word to say about it. If we were going to be concerned about, truly concerned about national security in this country, we'd establish another internet, a parallel system. There are people working that, on that, Harv. Good. Uh, sure are. Well, the guy that was we, well, the main guy that invented, put the internet together, is working on it over in India. He's been doing it for a couple of years. 
You. The guy that founded Wikipedia is so damn disgusted with Wikipedia, he's out founding a new truth-oriented Wikipedia. A lot of these things are coming back on him, man. God, praise God. Uh, you, you, you have a better ear to the ground than I do. Uh, but it's, uh, it's hideous. You know, when you stop and think, well, who would do something like that? Boy, don't you get, uh, I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you hate to, uh, be in a close relationship with any of those people? I remember, you know, one of my favorite remarks about certain women when I see them is to say, I'd sooner curl up in bed with a viper than that blankety blank, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I, and and I'll, I'll give you one great example, Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, have you seen those hideous. eyes? She she is the most wicked looking woman I have ever laid Boy, talk eyes about on. a Jezebel. Oh no, she's worse. She would she'd uh, she, you know, uh, back in Jezebel's day, they were saying she looks like Gretchen Whitmer's gonna look. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Well, you got she a couple the, of them. You got the, her attorney general, Nettle or Nestle or something like that, some little Jew bitch, Jewish bitch. And then you got the one that over in Pennsylvania that was at the secretary of state that left after she got the job done, that Amy Kobachar. Okay, I think was her name. Uh, yeah. Uh, all of these are these Soros puppets. And what he's doing is he's getting all these people stuck in key positions like secretary of state, governor, attorney general in these blue states, and they're overturning the police. And they're trying to drive the good police out and recruit all the other ones so they can turn them on you. Yeah. Um, well, that's. Uh, did, did you hear Biden's statement that George Floyd was more significant? than Martin Luther King. Oh, come on. I swear to God, Biden said it. Well, that is uh, uh, an absolute slam dunk clinical diagnosis of dementia or Alzheimer's. Oh, I think it's propaganda. Yeah, I really, no, he that that boy, he doesn't he doesn't have both oars in the war. I'm not sure you know he's that. talking out of his own mind. I think he's just telling him what his advisors tell him to say. But That's regardless, right. he, man, I tell you, we need, that guy needs to get out of there quick. Has there ever been a leader that has done more damage to a country in the first hundred days than this guy and his bunch? No, not that I know of. What you I'm, see the whole Navy? I sent you that article, Harv. The Navy's doing critical race theory now, the whole Navy. Yeah. Did you guys see that? Well, it is true that I'm a terrible racist and that uh, that I am uh, mean and vicious and I do all and, and I didn't ever have to work for anything in my life. Uh, everything was always given to silver me. spoon, baby. Yeah, 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 and uh, and that's why I live in the big house now with all these cars. <laughs> big house. Um, you know, Harvey, when I was thinking on something that you mentioned to me the other day about your your uh, father and um, in relationship to the Jewish issue in question, and oh, you yeah. told me that there was a Jewish family that really helped your dad, the 
uh, and I don't remember everything you said, but the impression I got was that they were, you know, some of these rare Jewish folks. May they may be not as rare as I think, but uh, to most of us, we think they are rare that have compassion and care for their fellow man, no matter if they're Christian or Muslim or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you got to remember the Jews and the Muslims and the Christians lived over there in the Middle East pretty peacefully for two thousand years together. For these damn Zionist Sabbatean bastards got plopped down in the middle of them. Mm. No. Uh... My father did a great work for them, and they recognized that what they were paying him or what they had paid him uh, really didn't, uh, really, really wasn't uh, commensurate with what he had done for them. So what happened was, see, my father's field was mineralogy and ceramic engineering, so high-temperature, non-metal minerals are that was the old definition of ceramics now they call the field uh, material science uh, they they got rid of that term ceramic but uh, but that was my father's field so it was brick glass uh, refractories you know real high temperature stuff and so on and uh, prior to world war ii we were dependent on German-held territories for, uh, for pencil lead. You couldn't make pencils anywhere in the world unless you bought the raw materials from a German-held territory. And so my father invented the first pencil lead made from indigenous American minerals. It doesn't sound like much unless you realize what would happen to an army that runs out of pencils. And so we would have gone into World War II without any ability to manufacture pencils. Uh, and so the pencil company, the same pencil company that Leo Frank headed. You're kidding. Way back when. No, 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 no. Uh, that's my father worked as a consultant for them. He wasn't an employee. He was an outside consultant. And, uh, and the name of the family that owned it was First, F-E-R-S-T. And uh, the big daddy down there was M-A First. And uh, when my father, my father was teaching at Georgia Tech, and uh, he, when the war broke out. I don't know how soon after the war broke out, but when the war broke out, he uh, applied for a Navy commission and eventually got it. It was put in the wrong file cabinet oh. for a good while. And he had a friend over at Tech, the, the dean over at Tech, uh, who had been a Naval officer, had him make inquiries for him and say, oh, yeah, we found your commission sitting over here in a wrong Mis file cabinet. Misfile. So, yeah. And uh, so Daddy went off to Washington, D.C. to be part of a research project. And the research project was to improve anti-aircraft computers. So here was a ceramic engineer tossed into this group of uh, electronic geniuses, and they couldn't solve the problem, and he did. And he, uh, 
it was it was really a very complex uh, algorithm that you had to run to figure out how to shoot down an aircraft coming in uh, toward a ship. And I asked him about it one time. He sat, we always had a blackboard in the breakfast room. So he'd turn around with his left hand and he'd start writing on the blackboard and chalk. <laughs> always the professor, you know? And, uh, and he'd tell me all the variables that you had to calculate in order to shoot down a plane. And it was, it was massive. It was beyond belief. He said, but all the problems had been solved except for one thing. They didn't understand that all, you ha all they had to do to calculate this correctly at one stage was to calculate angles per second. So it was just angles per second. It was probably, well, I'm not going to get off on that. But anyhow, it was, he said it's a simple geometry problem, and they couldn't see it. It's just like. You're, you're beating your head against the wall trying to explain 14th yes. Amendment yeah. citizenship. He was beating his head against the wall trying to get these people to recognize that the problem was simple. It could be solved very easily, and nobody would listen. And uh, he solved the problem, and he told me that he got this real sarcastic letter from the two big civilian contractors that were working on the problem. I think one of them was Ford, and uh, Charlie remembers the other, but it was someone in the business machine business. Uh, and uh, one of them said, well, we say that the answer is such and such, and Ford says the answer is such and such, and what does the uh, brilliant Lieutenant Wysong say it is? And in typical daddy fashion, he wrote back and said, you say it's such and such. Ford says such and such. And the brilliant Lieutenant Wysong says it's such and such. The correct answer is what Lieutenant Wysong says. And, you know, my answer works. That was pretty much what he said. And it did work. But he was he knew what he had. His 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 uh, solution increase the accuracy of the anti-aircraft computers 25-fold. They only had to shoot 1 25th as much ammunition to bring a plane down using what my father uh, created and patented. He got he, The Navy paid him $1 for the patent. And... Uh, but the Japanese were killing Americans by the thousands with kamikaze attacks in the Pacific. Right. And my father had to read the papers, hear the news. And he knew, you know, every day he couldn't say a word because this was top secret. Couldn't say a word to anybody. Couldn't go to his senators. Couldn't go to his representative. He just, you know, in, in military uh, classifications, you got to have two things in order to be given access to information. You got to have a need to know, and you got to have a proper security clearance. Well, you don't, if you don't have either, if either of those is missing, you can't be given the information. And so he couldn't go anywhere to tell 
you know, to get this into production. And he got so that he couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep. And he was six foot two and he got down to 120 pounds. Yikes. And, and, uh, they gave him a medical discharge, put him in, put him in Bethesda for a while and gave him a medical discharge. And mom was in the grocery store up there and, uh, ran into one of the other wives from his section, his research section said, Oh yeah, they, they tested the computers and, uh, she told him what happened. The, 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 uh, fleet tests were overwhelmingly successful. So she can see, uh, the top secret clearance wasn't necessary for the wife. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but anyhow, sure. they never put them in combat. Never put them in combat, World War II, because they were arguing over who was going to get credit for the invention. Was it the Navy? Was it the, one of the two civilian contractors? Yeah, typical. Uh, that's exactly right. My self-interest is yeah. what's most important I here. Somebody was asking about the billionaires earlier. That's what I said. You know, exactly. self-interest. Exactly. Um, let me find out, because Samuel's joined us here, I noticed. Samuel, could, do you know, did you hear us talking about this Klamath uh, Lake situation out there? Yeah, I sure did. <clears throat> I'm hearing a little bit about it. This has been going on for, for actually years now. Yeah, They're yeah, it's not, to... it's not like overnight new, but it has gotten to a point where it's getting pretty damn serious when they stopped doing something they've done for 114 years. Yep. Well, let me tell you something else I heard yesterday. I rarely turn on local radio, but I did yesterday. And the morons here in the state, which is already doesn't have enough power to go around and there's blackouts and stuff like that. Uh, and this has already happened in, I guess, um, uh, the, the, the county that incorporates San Francisco. This is already a done deal there. Now they're trying to do it in Sacramento. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to eliminate all natural gas appliances and go all electric. Oh. <laughs> what a bunch of dopes. I mean, you what? already don't have enough power, and you're going to put all the load on electric that already is overloaded, right? Where they're having rolling and blackouts in the state already and have been for years. Imagine forcing people on all electric, like your hot water heaters and all this stuff. I mean, it's just a um, This recall for Gavin Newsom's coming up, and what he's doing, if you guys hadn't seen the headline, he's found some state budget that had already probably got Biden to shove him a bunch of money through the back door. He's trying to pay off the voters ahead of time before the recall election. Isn't that right? Yep. And it, it, all this stuff has got to be done purposely to destroy the country because it's anybody with two, two, two points in the IQ could bring up the fact that, hey, why would you put all your dependency on one natural resource or one thing that you got to generate power and make energy with? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But I actually uh, wanted to get something in here especially with harvey i i did this after hours but uh i want as many people to hear this as possible yeah. is there may be an antidote for uh um the uh the vaccine or people who are exposed to the people whatever this transfer shedding or whatever you want to call it is yeah 
I, I get these updates from um, uh, the, the uh, format is uh, The Freedom Articles. And normally the writer of all of these is Makia Freeman. It's actually a man. And uh, the, the antidote for this appears to be a, uh, the active substances in it in the pharmaceutical world, I guess, is suramin. Yep. And suramin yep. is an extract from pine needles. Exactly. Yep. Pine needle tea. Exactly. It looks, according to this article, that this attacks RNA that is not in line with how it's supposed to be producing, and it's uh, great for any blood clotting problems. Isn't that that wonderful? (laughs) But then, then, Harvey, it occurred to me, well, uh, what's Jennifer Daniels' go-to thing for parasites and in general oh, yeah turpentine exactly derived from the pine yeah 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 what so, a great what, what a great thought samuel great, good insight that falls in there because she uses that a lot for parasites right it falls right in there with fenbendazole and ivermectin doesn't it yeah it sure does now, wow. remember, it, it, not every pine tree has it. It's just certain species. Uh, in the article, it's, it says the ones to avoid because they're a little more toxic than them. But, uh, I Mike, would say... Mike, let me mention this. Mike Adams has got a, uh, a podcast. It's probably on his brighthand.com video where he's talking about some studies of the best way to extract it using an espresso machine. And, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So it's probably the article. The article's probably on Natural News, and I'm, I'm guessing he, if you can find it on Brighton, he probably has a video, but he may not. You, you listen to the podcast. He was, he was he, talking he, about. It. He did cover it on a couple of podcasts, Harv. Good. I'll go look. Yeah, right. His, I'm sure his platform would have them. They were on BitChute, but you can probably go under his channel and find them let, there too. Let me mention. He also mentioned star anise, if it's easier for you to get, and uh, fennel seeds. I think are the three. I think white pine they said is the safest to try to do this with, but then fennel seeds and star anise, if, if it's easier to get some of that. What was that third one? I, I couldn't understand it. Uh, you know what star. Uh, anise or star anise uh, herb and then uh, fennel seeds. Anise, okay. anise, I believe, I believe it's pronounced fennel, anise. Fennel. And that's the stuff that's got licorice. It's got the strong licorice stuff, anise, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think they said it's like 8 or 9%, 8% uh, sturum or one of, these, one of these asses. And then fennel seeds, I think it was half of that or something, but it. They all have it in pretty high amounts. Well, there's a there's a manufacturer. I think it's out of Georgia. I think I saw it on Amazon for this uh, um, turpentine. It it it's it's crystal clear. You know, I've taken it. I've taken my local you know hardware version, which is very um, cloudy looking. It's it looks like uh, oh uh, sort of a brownish hue. 
where this stuff that I saw on Amazon is in a clear bottle, and it, it looks like white lightning. It's, right. it's crystal clear. Uh, Georgia yeah. has got an overabundance of pine trees. Well, Georgia used to supply three-fourths of all the world's naval stores. So that would have been resin, rosin, turpentine, and everything else. And, of course, they called it naval stores because back in the days of sailing ships, they had to have that rosin to caulk the the uh, the ships, and uh, it was just used for everything. Well, anyhow, uh, I've got a bottle just about 15 feet from where I sit, and it's just as clear as water. Uh, I thought it was a little cloudy. I said that to someone the other day in a telephone conversation that it was that it was clear, but a little bit on the cloudy side. And I looked at it a couple of days ago, and it just looks like water. So that's now the brown stuff that is sold in stores as turpentine uh, is decent as a solvent for paints, but you know what you drink ain't paint. Uh, you know ain't ain't for paint. Uh, the stuff that's in the hardware stores is brown is contaminated with who knows what. It comes out of the wood, the wood and the paper industry. So it's a byproduct in the manufacture of paper and other forestry products, perhaps. So you don't want that stuff. You want Diamond G Forest Products is the company that's making the good stuff. And it's down in, I think it's Patterson, Georgia, which is down, of course, near the coast. Uh, near Savannah, Georgia, and Diamond G Forest Products. That's the one that uh, Dr. Daniel recommends. That's right. I've been using it for almost six, seven years now. Diamond G. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> God, well, you're ahead you, of me. You just take it on a regular basis, Brent, or what? No, this is James. That's oh, James, I'm sorry. One. Yeah, this is New York. You hear that New York accent? <laughs> what accent? <laughs> yeah, what accent? <laughs> now, there's the protocol for it, Roger. I, I can send it to you. I'll do it well, right I'm now. I'm just kind of curious. I, you know, I have to import it and everything else. I'm just kind of curious how you how uh, you do it. Yeah, it is a uh, man. I, I haven't done it in a while, but I think it's like a two week process or something like that. You uh, start out. Is, is that the one? No, I'm talking about um, hydrogen peroxide, not, not that yeah, one. Yeah, right. You just yeah. take sugar, or you can take sugar yeah. cubes. Sugar cubes. And saturate them with uh, the turpentine. Yeah. Yeah, the difference is three cubes. And what they saturate with, that's what you take. Any excess that runs out of there, you're. Don't take so it right. Measures the dose quite, quite accurately with the cubes. Yeah, just chew it up, swallow it, and then if you've got any paint around the house you want to get rid of, you just lick it. <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've been taking turpentine for a long time now, but I just use the stuff that you get at the store. It'd be better. It'd, it'd be I'd better like to get the other stuff. I agree with you, Harvey, but just telling you in a pinch, the stuff right. at the store 
hurts. Uh, it's probably nastier tasting, but I just add more sugar. The sugar, <laughs> what? It, the sugar combined with the turpentine, as the parasites won't attack the turpentine. So you use the sugar, and the sugar is the attractant. So that'll attract the bad parasite to the sugar, and then the turpentine. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Oh. A, bait and, a bait and switch. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah. All you need to get in the turpentine is called pure gum spirits. As long as it says pure gum spirits, it'll be crystal clear. Right. right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what I get. Yeah, I think that's My, what I actually get. It's pure gum spirits. Right. My is on spirits, but it's certainly not clear. Well, then it's not pure gum spirits. It's well, not it says it, uh, pure gum Then your statement says that on the bottle, and it's not clear, is my point. Then they're, cheating, they're cheating you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I've got mine from Lowe's, and it looks like water. There's no brownish tint to it or anything. Gotcha. Good. It is pure gum spirits, but it still tastes nasty. Well, you know, it's not what uh it's not what we were weaned on uh so anything that's foreign to your taste doesn't taste particularly good well uh, here's oh. a little tid here's okay. a little tidbit about turpentine in the 1898 merck manual merck manual they said it cures syphilis and dr daniel says the same thing here's wow a fact cure cures it not just Okay, now somebody else said that Dr. Daniels recommended uh, turpentine for MS. Yes. It's on, it's on this call. Yeah, it was me, Harvey. Okay. Uh, Do you know reason the, being, you all ahead. that stuff, rheumatoid arthritis, MS, lupus, they're all derivatives of, every one of them are, delivered, are derivatives from syphilis. They're all derived from syphilis. Syphilis well, has been to vaccines for a long time, but it takes a long time for that syphilis symptom to start appearing. So <clears throat> what happens is, and they learned all this stuff in the Tuskegee experiments. That's where all this comes from. Okay. So, the uh, Those MS, the, the, oh gosh, I got a lot of papers where there's one fellow who suffered from MS and was just rendered uh, completely incapacitated, uh, claimed that it was, uh, uh, oh, what's the life form? Probably, I, I tell you, I'm getting Biden's disease, uh, unable to come up with, with names. But uh, the genus and species of syphilis is trepanum uh, pallidum. And there's some others, and I can't remember the, the name of them, but in that trepanum family. And I was explaining this a few years ago to a guy uh, in the upper Midwest. And I said that, you know, the the uh, organism that caused uh, MS or one of the other conditions was 
trepanum, blah, blah. He said, trepanum, that's syphilis. I said, well, syphilis is one of them. I said, but how do you know that? He said, well, I'm, a, I'm an osteopath. And, wow. Because, anyhow. Harvey, he, if, you go, yeah. if you go to Jennifer Daniels' website, she's got a ton of It'll take you a year to get through all the MP3s. So just go down through the titles and find the one that she specifically talked about, venereal disease or syphilis. I don't remember the exact title. But okay. it's a two-hour-long show, and you'll she, she goes through all. The, they use the same antibody test for MS and lupus and all that stuff that they use for uh, syphilis. But when the doctor's testing for supposed lupus, let's just say, hang on. Yep. He's told to ignore a positive antibody test for syphilis. You know. They don't make any money curing, curing the problem. They make the money doctoring somebody for lupus 25, 30 years. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's just horrible. But you see this organism, this spirochete, will actually cross the blood-brain barrier. It will bore a hole through it and get into the cerebrospinal fluid. And the hole in the blood-brain barrier in a matter of days will heal itself and close up again. Yep. And uh, what do what do the conventional MDs have to treat that, uh, they've got nothing but uh, antibiotics. And the antibiotics are too large, the molecules of antibiotics are too large to cross the blood-brain barrier, so they can't get to where uh, these organisms are. And uh, they might as well be shooting uh, ping pong balls at an Abrams tank. Uh, it just, there's no chance. So, um, you, you really got a problem. And maybe this, maybe this turpentine therapy is the answer. It sure sounds like it. I, think well, I, I just, to... I just did a test on, on, on mine. It, my brand is called clean strip. This came from uh, home Depot and, um, it's made, I guess, it's coming from, I guess, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and I, I, I poured some out and took a look at it. It does say on the back here, 100% pure gum spirits, turpentine. And it is about the color of whiskey. Okay. It may not, it may be good, but not as good as Diamond G's. But I'm telling you, Diamond G's is uh, just as clear as water. Harvey, the you mentioned the... People add something to it without telling anybody just to jack you up if you're taking it, you know? Uh, you know if, it's, if it's not clear, I would say they just didn't refine it as much as those folks Probably. down in Patterson, Georgia. Probably. Harvey, your suggestion of the boreworm style penetrating the brain, blood-brain barrier into yep. the cerebrospinal fluid seems to closely relate to the spongiform aspects of human or bovine encephalitis 
uh, and scabies that we know in the mad cow so-called mm-hmm. disease that appears that uh, Fauci and Gates and some of their uh, compartmentalized sycophants apparently incorporated in this insidious so-called injection for infection in terms of vaccine. You know, that may well be. It's, this is, uh, we have people strutting like, uh, like barnyard roosters, so proud of themselves. Uh, they think they're so smart. And when you look at the at the complexity of all the problems we face, it doesn't matter whether it's health, whether it's uh, electronics, it doesn't matter uh, whether it's chemistry, uh, mechanics, anything. It's too complex for anyone to understand. We're not smart enough. We weren't given that degree of intelligence. And... Uh, we need we all need to be given big injections of humility and gratitude, baby. Uh, that's where you fall back on gratitude right there gratitude will yep. do that for you that's right gratitude my you know i i love the uh the story of jesus healing the 10 lepers and only one returned to give thanks and praise god and uh, and Jesus is remarkable, but but where are the nine? <laughs> you know, where are those others that I healed? Uh, and so gratitude was important to Jesus. And uh, uh, I find it puts everything in perspective when things are out of kilter. Yeah, yeah, it it does. It's a, it's a oh, centering. Well, it's a very centering emotion. And yeah, it also of, brings with it humility, which is another great attribute. That's right. Because, uh, and, but that brings me back to what I started to say about my father's experience with the first family. Uh, they continued to pay him a salary all the time that he was in the Navy. He was out of town. He wasn't working for them, wasn't contributing anything else. And he loved those people. Man, that's, really uh, as I say, there's some fine Jewish people out there. It's just this small group. They're identified pretty specifically in the revelations two, nine and three, nine. And the other ones are not like that. Okay. That's not right. necessarily. They may be, uh, none of us is perfect. Uh, not even them, but there are some fine Jewish people out there. I've known some. Okay. Yep. Personally, uh, I, look, the record yep. business is loaded with Jews. Okay. Yeah, of all entertainment is. So, uh, well, one other thing I just like to throw on, hey guys. for us guys, you get our hands dirty. Um, once I realized I could ingest the uh, turpentine without harming myself, uh, there's those times, you know, you get stuff on your hands that soap and water just will never get off. And uh, so I always have turpentine with me just for that reason to. Uh, to clean up my hands and stuff on good, it. I, good idea. I use WD-40 the same way. Really? Hey, yeah. Can I, can I break in? Yeah. Go to it. Uh, hey, Roger. Yeah. Uh, let, this, let this group know. Last night, uh, we had a meeting here in the Flathead Valley of the Flathead Liberty Coalition. 
had about 150 people there. Ooh, we nice. had a guest speaker that was the lawyer for the bunches in Oregon. For <laughs> it was a lawyer, it was a lawyer for who, Gary? Yeah, you you talk right in the speaker on the microphone if you. He was a the lawyer for the Bundys up in Oregon. Okay. The okay. Mallory. Anyway, we got to talking and uh, after the thing, and uh, they asked me to give a presentation on U.S. nationals. Okay. On, what? on the spot or uh, at a future date? At a future date. Oh, fantastic! Listen, to you, John Casera, who's on with us or was a minute ago. Has I think got the formula. You you get that you get the uh, the Spingola interview on your cell phone, or if you got a computer, you can put it on there, amplify it so everybody can hear it. Hand them all, make copies of both of those documents, and hand them all out and play them the interview. Now, John, I think said yesterday that when he gets questions, he stops. Okay, at that point, and and answers the question. I I don't know whether you should have people hold their questions till the end or do that and interrupt the flow. But anyway, I think that's a really really good formula to introduce people to this. I mean, in my personal, and I'm a very strict, harsh personal critic. Okay, and I think that's the best presentation of this material, initial presentation I've ever done in all these years. Quite frankly, so, I agree. I just wanted to relay that to the group, and if anybody's got anything that they think might help, I'd appreciate an email. What, what was the attorney's name? Uh, Munford. Okay. You know, this yeah. Davis. That's Davis Marcus Munford. Comments that he was a representative of Bundy. He's probably full of beans, you know. Marcus Munford is the one that got tased in the courtroom for questioning where the warrant was from the U.S. Marshal Service to keep the bunnies in custody after they were exonerated. They tased him in the courtroom? Oh, yeah. Yes, they sir. They, uh, they've been attacking him financially every day. Well, He's I'll tell going. you what. I'll tell you one thing, Gary. He sounds like an absolute perfect person to get this information to. Oh, I agree. That's already taken. That's, that's a moot point, Roger. Okay, <laughs> him and I talked about well, Thank you. He's very interested. He's very interested. You tell him if he wants to talk, I'll do as long as he wants, personal, one-on-one. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, and he goes around and does these talks to groups a lot. Well, you know, the thing to take somebody like that, especially with his background and his obvious mental uh, orientation, is to take them to that certificate of non-citizen nationality and show them the first ten words in the third paragraph. I mean, it's just right there. Never in 30 years have I seen these bastards put it more plainly. Never. Anywhere. The majority of his talk is actually on Scripture, on prophecy. Uh, good. Even better. Tie it into Revelations where it says embodies and slaves of men at the end of the 22 things they can't sell anymore. So now, even though he's a, he is a licensed attorney, but he really reminds me of Brent. The guy's not your traditional attorney. Let's just leave it at that. Right. Okay, we'll go back, get your siding on, and thanks for that information, and congratulations. Hey. Good stroke. And I want to, as we're running out of time, Daryl's joined us. I don't want to leave him hanging there at the end of the runway. Hey, Captain. 
Hey, uh, thanks. Uh, I, I would have had to return to the gate and get more fuel. Uh, thanks. Uh, the, uh, the conversation there, Harvey brought up about humble, uh, being humble and, uh, yeah, these, uh, all these psychopaths that are in charge at, uh, at all levels and, uh, the ones that drive around in their, their police cars too, uh, uh, they need a they need a good sample of humble pie, and on top of it, uh, I would suggest that they get a, a heaping serving of regret sauce to go along with yeah. their humble pie. Yeah, it's bitter that regret sauce. Yeah, that, a, a good a good helping of regret sauce. Now, it, I, I know we you know there's people come on here, which is fine because we all like to share opinions and points of views, but you're fighting an enemy that does not fight fair. And so you'll have to come to a determination of when you're actually in a war. Now, I've been saying it for years. You've, you all know it. You're in a war. And I was asked, how, how did I know? And I told, uh, I told him that because people are dying, you just don't realize it yet. So uh, you don't understand what war is. You think you're fighting the Vietnam War. You think you're fighting the Iraqi War. You think you're fighting some other war. And you've confused the kinetic war with the war of cultural subversion. You think you're fighting the overt war when it's covert. Uh, you think you're fighting the conscious when it's an unconscious war. You think you're fighting the obvious war when it's the abstracted war. Uh, you think you're fighting a carbon war, and they're fighting a silica war. At the same result as death. Now, when you wake up to that, you're going to have to decide how you deal with it because the people that are perpetrating that on you, you are paying to and being subservient to. Okay, this is this is the we'll have to move to a different place. We can't go back to where we were. But what I'm saying is there's going to have to be a contest and a new form of government because the last hundred years of what you thought was okay can't be okay no more. That's right. It wasn't right. normal. You said it great can't the other okay. day. You can't go back to normal because it wasn't normal. Because it wasn't normal got you where you're at. You you, you yeah. want to go you want to return you want to return to your vomit? Yeah. You, <laughs> my my dog does it all the time. You want to return to the vomit is what you want. And uh, uh, maybe not you personally, uh, I don't think so, but the rest of them do. The mask wearers and the, the, the injectors, the, the, the injection crowd, they want to go back to their vomit. Okay, they hear their master's voice. They're dogs because they act like dogs. They're so obedient. So, but anyway, we're, we're in a war. There's real death being taking place here. And at some point, you're not go We're going to be beyond words. Okay. I'm just, I'm not advocating anything. I'm trying to, trying to get your mind around this. We are beyond words right now. Words can't, words will not fix this. Nope. Prayer, prayer, prayer well, and purpose I, and yeah. principle, prayer, purpose, and principle. I'd like to suggest a, a topic for some future discussion, Roger, and that is, term limits for bureaucrats boy now there is something that ought to be written in stone not just in the law articles of confederation had some of that didn't they well they didn't have a bureaucratic state back then there wasn't a bureaucratic state in that time 
When we have a new form of government, there won't be bureaucrats in an administrative state. How about right. that? Yep, that's know. what you need right there. <laughs> well, there was yeah. a there was a Roman senator uh, who uh, somebody's going to have to help me with his name because my name the name recognition or name recall section of my brain ain't working. You, you need, but, you uh, need some turpentine. Yep, that's it. <laughs> but uh, but his name his name was. Actually, it was Cato, and he yeah. also f- held a position called censor. So he's known as Cato mm-hmm. the censor. Mm-hmm. And every time he gave a speech in the Roman Senate, <clears throat> he would finish with the phrase, Carthago delenda est. Carthage must be destroyed. Ooh. That was their economic rival in North Africa. Finally, they listened to him, and they went over there, and they destroyed Carthage uh, physically. We just got knocked off the server, so the folks were off the air. But what we've come to understand is Carthage was the head of the Phoenicians, and the Phoenicians are these bastards. Well, yeah, uh, Carthage was Carthage was Canaanite. It was yep. the, the same. That's that they right. were part of the Sea People, Roger. They were the yep. Canaanites, and uh, part of the crowd that uh, uh, the the Hebrews, uh, the real Israel, didn't wipe out when they should have. Uh, but. <laughs> But, the, uh, you know, and so who is this? Who is this great hero that they keep they keep blowing up all the time? Our uh, our uh, Kakistanian buddies, they keep they oh, he's such a great man, Hannibal, Hannibal the Great. Well, he's a Canaanite. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. Uh, when it, is, when you get the yeah. 